You're listening to the Shed Some Light Podcast, where the beers are kept cold and the conversation is always flowing. Coming to you live, it's Michael and Jack. Sit back, relax, and grab a cold one. It's time to get started. Shed Some Light, episode 198, coming to you late on a Friday, maybe early on a Saturday, depending on when you're listening to this. Hope everyone's weekend is off to a fantastic start. Michael and Jack are back, Miller Lights in hand, and it's time for Notre Dame's first home game in basically a month. Sick. Wicked. (laughs) It's going to be a wicked wicked. home game, dude. One thing that I forgot to mention on Monday's show about the Shamrock series is I just want to give props. Well, I'll give a Miller Lite to whoever was in charge of like the graphic design for the game in Vegas. Mm-hmm. The end zones, sweet, very cool. They, those were really cool. Yeah, the all white background with like the blue and gold Vegas style font. Yeah, I was a big fan. Very cool. I liked it. Big fan. I liked it. So yeah, Notre Dame into uh, Stanford week, and it I, feels weird playing Stanford in the middle of the season. Like, well, I, I feel like for the past, like, at least in my, like, in my head, we play Stanford the last game of the season every single fucking year. It's always Stanford or USC that's, like, middle of October, and this, that game brings me so many mixed emotions because, like, obviously I'm excited for it, but it's also, like, I correlate this week with peak fall weather oh, in yeah. South Bend. Like, this is right where, like... All of the leaves have changed colors, but they're still on the trees, and it's just, like, absolutely beautiful, and I know that in, like, two weeks, everything is going to be dead and on the ground, and it's going to be 30 and cloudy for the next three months. Hey, but guess what? I'm absolutely bricked up for this weekend. (laughs) I fucking love me this weekend, dude. This is, like, this is, like, a top three weekend of the year for me. I fucking love this weekend. I wish it could have been the past two weekends, because, like, those were, like, that's, like, you dream of tailgating weather like that, like 65 with a breeze, dude. Like that's, yeah. that's what you live for. Yeah. But I'll take 55. Not bad. And Not sunny. Bad. Question for you. Stanford is considered a rivalry game for Notre Dame because there is a rivalry trophy associated with it. Do no. you consider Stanford a rival? No. I don't either. Your rivals are like USC and Michigan. Yeah. And that's it. I heard it described really well the other day where like your rivals are the teams where if you were to go one and 11, but your one win yeah. was over that rival you're a, team, you'd season. be like, hey, our season stunk, but at least we beat USC. Yeah. Or at yeah. least we beat Michigan. If we beat Stanford, I'm just like, oh, but, but okay. I will say the only thing that like gives me rivalry vibes was like, they always seem to be like the thorn in our side. Yes, Pre- previously, not, not, not in recently. The most recent past. Yeah, but like, like early 2010s, like they were like the like, oh shit, we gotta go play fucking Stanford right. last game of the season. Right. Yeah. But dude, their their fall from prominence has been swift. Yeah. Don't they have somebody like some NFL player's son as their running back? Oh yeah, uh, EJ Smith. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Emmett Smith's son. Yeah. Yeah, he was their third string running back. Nice. Um, their was f- first. 
their uh, number one running back and number two running backs transferred in the offseason, and EJ Smith got hurt in game number two. Okay. So they're on their fourth stringer. Nice. I'm assuming that guy's not very good. <laughs> Couldn't even tell you his name. Nice. Perfect. Uh, the, just j- basing off of, like the scores, it doesn't seem like their offense is really the problem. Um. Well, I mean, they're putting up like 27, 28 points a game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the best descriptor I've heard of Stanford this year is they're a not— A shittier version of UNC, which <laughs> no. is playing a bunch of UNCs. <laughs> they're not a good football team, but they have talent. Okay, so like USC, like in years past? Yeah. Their uh, quarterback, Tanner McKee, is like going to be a first or second round NFL draft pick. And their wide receivers and tight ends are big, like 6'4 and above type big. I feel like that's been like Stanford's MO for like the past like decade. Like they're they're never very like quick, but they always just have these dudes that are like, you're a fucking freak in nature yeah. at like wide receiver and tight end. Yeah. So they get they get tight end wise they get Notre Dame scraps. Yeah. Like they're right below us tight end wise. And then wide receivers like I feel like we go for like or at least previously we've always gone for like opposites. Like we go for like the short quick guy and then they're like yeah just give me the fucking freak that's like 66 over there to play wide receiver. Their their tight end Ben Urasek is like 6465 like 230 or something like that. And just to put into perspective how good of an athlete he is, uh, he converted a 50 plus yard end around earlier in the season. I thought you were going to say field goal, and I was like, damn, that a boy. <laughs> He's got a fucking boot on him, that'd, too. That'd be pretty funny. All no, right. they, they gave him the, the Braden Lindsay end-around jet sweep, and he picked up over 50 yards on it. So Okay. Other than that, though. Um, Some bad news out of the Notre Dame camp. Yeah, no Bo Bauer. For the rest of the season. Yep. No bow, 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 bow. <laughs> but, I mean, like, I don't think that really changes our defense. Like he, he didn't, he wasn't like a like a focal point on our defense. Um, as a captain, he brought the energy. Hell yeah! But dude, if you think Bo Bauer's energy is dropping because he's on crutches on the sideline, <laughs> you're fucking joking. Dude. True, true, he's waving those crutches in the air on the sideline. Like he, the energy never leaves, dude. Yeah, doesn't matter. You put him in a wheelchair, dude. He's flying down the sidelines. Like the energy's still gonna be there. It was more like special teams. He was like, right. He was the guy. He'd be yeah. like, "How the fuck is Bo Bauer past everybody already?" Like, ah. <laughs> He's flying. Yeah, Locks like, are flowing behind him. Yeah, but I mean, maybe this gets a little bit more playing time for like a Jalen Sneed or a Neafe. Prince Collie. Prince Collie. I'll take that. Yeah, yeah. Um, couple keys that I think are going to be helpful in a Notre Dame victory. Uh, I, uh, this is uh, shed some lights. Isaiah Foss keys to victory. Oh, come on now. Come on now. Yes. This week's Isaiah Foskey's to victory uh, include crowding up the passing lanes because Notre Dame should be able to get pressure with the D line. So if you can, if you can get to their quarterback with only four, that means you're dropping basically like seven into Mm -hmm. coverage. So that hopefully should bode well. And offensively, I feel like Drew Pine is going to come in hyped again, being this uh, his first home game in like a month, basically. Mm-hmm. 
So uh, we need Tommy Reese to call an offensive game plan that gets him into a rhythm early, mm-hmm. which includes, I mean, I think it's going to be a pretty heavy run the ball type of game. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want us to be able to use that run to then set up a couple big bombs down the field. So kind of play off the run? Yes. Yes. I like it. I like it. What how, like defensive wise? Okay, I guess we'll start on our side of the ball defensive wise. You said crowd the passing lanes. Who on the defense is guarding Yersek? Because I like at the at at the moment, I don't really trust any of the fucking linebackers. If this dude's hitting fifty yard end rounds, none of those motherfuckers are fast enough to guard him. Yeah. Um I think it's they're gonna fall into like a cover two zones type of scheme. I don't like that. Which is uh risky based on the lack of communication that seems to be going on on the defensive side of the ball. So I mean Okay, so like okay. If you had to choose a linebacker. Marist? Um, it's got to be like Marist or Prince Collie, right? I was going to say Prince. Yeah. I mean, it sure as hell, it, uh, if it's J.D. Bertrand, I'm going to fucking shoot myself. I love you, J.D. Bertrand, but like you are very slow. And their height at wide receiver, like I mentioned earlier, is another concern just because like Jade Mickey, Bemo, Silu, Tariq, very good, but just they're giving up some height. Okay. You want to hear my counter to that? Yes. I think Brandon Joseph gets picked this weekend. Ooh. Over the top, you know, their guy's not going to see him. He's coming across the field. It's going to be like a less cool version of Kyle Hamilton pick. Kyle Hamilton, Florida State. Florida State, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, he's going to come. He'll be completely across the field, read this quarterback like a book, and be like, "Uh uh-oh, snag piece coming down. Easy money. I'm going. I'm going with my Brandon Joseph pick. Okay, okay. And then the Isaiah Foskies to the game on offense. Um, well, so my, my, I, I agree with a lot of what you said, my counterpoint, not counterpoint, but kind of thing that I want to know, and you'd be able to tell me a little bit better. What like, I'm looking at the scores that they're giving up. Their defense doesn't look very good anywhere. Are they good anywhere? Uh, their best corner has a sweet name. Caillou Blue Kelly, uh, is also yeah, it's kind of a wild name. Too. Also coming off of an injury. Okay, so first game back? I believe so. Okay. I think he played earlier in the season. It wasn't a significant injury. Um, How are their linebackers? I couldn't couldn't tell you anything about their linebackers. I mean, that's That's Michael Michael Mayer all day, baby. Their offensive line is uh, missing two starters, and then another starter is coming back off of an injury. And their defensive line will be... Uh, sig- rather significantly undersized compared to our offensive line. Ooh, I like that a lot. Because our O-line has been coming together. The like, first two games of the year, I was like, oh, our O-line is dog shit. Yeah. And now it's like, okay, we're getting the ball rolling a little bit. Yeah. I heard this stat, and I don't know if I heard it correctly, and I haven't done anything, any sort of research into it to back it up, but it kind of sounds right to me. Notre Dame nice. scored six points in the first quarters of football that, games. This that doesn't year. surprise me. That's ridiculous. We scored what three against Ohio State? Yeah, none against Marshall. None against UNC. Did we score against Cal? Didn't we have? I thought we had a. Who we had a field goal against 
either BYU or North Carolina. So that, I guess that would be the six points. Yeah, BYU. Yeah. You got to get off to a faster start than that. 100%. Stanford, Stanford is the opposite of Notre Dame. Notre Dame, slow start, then picks up. Stanford picks up real quick and then drops off. Okay, yeah. So get off to a fast start. Yes. I want I want the lady I want the one lady back from when we played USC with Will Fuller. First play of the game, this lady just stands up in front of us. Throw the damn ball. And they just do a <laughs> bomb to Will Fuller first play of the game. It was like it was so perfectly on cue. Like give me that lady back for this game. Like give me a Braden Lindsay just fucking go. That's right. I'm surprised we haven't seen that more. Like especially now where it's like like the entire defense is like Michael Mayer. Like, this ball's going to Michael Mayer. Now is, like, the perfect time to be like, hey, Brayden Lindsey, fucking just run. Like, put Michael Mayer on the opposite side of the field, be like, all eyes over here, and then, oh, just kidding, I'm going all the way down the field. I will commend Drew Pine because in recent games especially, I feel like he is basically Ian Book, but he's Ian Book that's not afraid to throw the ball down the field. He's got a cannon. So let him use it. Yeah, exactly. Dude, that's what I swear to God, I'd run, I'd run Brad Lindsay on a go route first play of the game, and just see what the fuck happens. I'd be like, "Hey, man, see the fucking, let's go." I'm play action because they're all like, I guarantee you, Stanford's like they're running it, and then so everybody's in the box, everybody's stacked. Michael Mayer roll out to the right, Brad Lindsay down the left side of the field, boom, tutties all day, baby. Let's go first play of the game, just take them out of it immediately. Yeah, and I also like, I feel like we say this every week, but I want to like. I feel like we've yet to, I guess North Carolina maybe was like the the best game we've played all around, but even then, like, we came out of that being like, we could have won by more. Mm -hmm. I don't want to have that feeling. I want to be like, oh yeah, we just shoved it, like, down their throat the entire game. Like, I want this to be a 41 to 10. (laughs) I think that's the score I normally go with. I want that to be the actual score. I I was thinking uh, 38-17. I mean, I'll take that too, but I want them to score one or less touchdowns. That'd be great. Or just goose egg them. That would be even better. 52 nothing. <laughs> just goose egged. Well, I stop at 52. Uh, we're going to be respectable. <laughs> respectful? Yeah, we're respect- Yeah, we're going to have some class, you know? Okay. okay. You know? Um, also, I did want to talk about it a little bit, so I sent you the text yesterday. There are, there are rumors floating around the old, uh, old Twitter sphere that uh, there's some mutual interest from Notre Dame and Oklahoma quarterback commit, Austin Jackson. Jackson Arnold. Jackson Arnold. Austin <laughs> Jackson. Knew it. Number five quarterback in the class of 2023. Mm-hmm. I hope Oklahoma loses every game for the rest of the year. I'm rooting for anybody that is playing Oklahoma. I, I know that it's like pretty unlikely that it happens, mm-hmm. but the fact that it's even a rumor means something. Yes. Uh, but what I've heard is that because that rumor is leaked, that decreased Notre Dame's chances. They were trying to pull all of this and work it all on the way down low until it was like much closer to something actually worth reporting. And now that the rumors are out, that kind of just shot, they they got shot in the foot. Hey, dude, next three, uh, well, 
Next couple games for Oklahoma ain't easy, I'll tell you that. Play Kansas, number 19. Yeah. Iowa State, I mean, oh, fucking. I can't root for either of those teams. No. And then Baylor. A fucking. Dude, and then West Virginia and Oklahoma State. And then Texas Tech to end the season. Dude, that's a fucking gauntlet. Yeah. Let's go, everybody that's playing Oklahoma. I want I want Oklahoma to go 3-9 and nine this year. That'd be pretty sweet. And then fucking. He's Jackson Arnold's gonna fucking decommit and be like, "Fuck it, I'm out of here. I'm going to Notre Dame." Boom. I still think there's a chance. Sure, there's always a chance. I don't think it's a great one though. I'd love to be proven wrong. Where there's a will, there's a way, and we'll take it. Yep. So you're saying there's a chance? <laughs> I give it like what, fifteen to twenty? I was gonna say five to ten. I'll give it fifteen. That's generous. the 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 thing is, I wanna know I wanna know too who reached out to who. You know it, for sure it was Notre Dame reaching out to him. Dude, what if he was like like reached out to Notre Dame? <laughs> That'd be fucking electric city. That would be. And was like, hey, heard you guys need a quarterback. What? Uh oh. Boom. We'll see. We'll see. Um IU football this week? Who knows? Who cares? They might be playing as long as they're not on a bye week. Yeah. Yeah, they they, they got to their three wins, the over-under, <laughs> and they just were like, ah, fuck it, dude, I'm out. Wait, was their over-under two and a half or three and a half? Three and a half. Okay, so they, so they got one the more. They play, they play Maryland. Oh. Can, 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 is there another win on the schedule? What are we looking at? Rutgers. Boom. Maybe. I mean, we lost to Nebraska, so who fucking knows? Yeah. Yeah, but they hung in there with Michigan for three quarters. Yeah, the typical IU right there. That's that's some, that's like throwback IU. Yeah, yeah. Like hang in there that. with the best teams for three quarters and then just shit the bed in the fourth. Yep. Typical. Um. I also want to talk real briefly about the uh, Bears Commanders Thursday night game, dude. Shoot me <laughs> in the dick. That, that was the that was the worst game of all time. I was going to say, that might have been one of the worst Thursday night football games of all time. I saw people tweeting, they're like, uh, I should get refunded my Amazon Prime subscription payment for the month just for having to watch that game. 100%, dude. <laughs> 100%. 12 to 7? And, and Washington only scored because the Bears muffed a kick? Yeah. Dude, it was, that was brutal. And I've, dude, I feel bad for Justin Fields. I do too. Justin Fields, like, sure, there are some plays that, like, you're just not looking the right way when it happened. But, like, dude, you, you're putting nothing around him. It's like Justin Fields and a bunch of me's running out there and being like, let's go win a football game. I've come to the conclusion that I think if you're going to have a good NFL career, your best bet is to be a mediocre college quarterback. Eh. Because, I mean, like, Trevor Lawrence... Jacksonville stinks. Justin yeah. Fields, Bears stink. Yeah, but like, what about like, what about like, uh, like Patrick Mahomes? He was good at Texas Tech. Yeah, but he was like the f- third or fourth quarterback taken that year, so he wasn't sure. the best. But I mean, like, yeah, you're not going to be like Allen, like coming out of Wyoming. Sure, he was not on anyone's radar. But you're also like, you're also not gonna like. The the best teams, obviously, you're gonna get drafted to the shittiest. It's gonna take a while for you to pan out. Yeah, so that's just, what I'm saying. I would rather be like middle of the pack and go to a team that's already good. 
Because when was the last time that like a, a top quarterback actually turned an NFL franchise around? That's what I want to know. But I feel like a lot of it's like sitting on the bench. You like you're gonna get like buried, and like you're just not gonna do that if you're a like a top NFL quarterback. They're, like they're gonna expect you to make a change. But it's it's also like not the quarterback's fault. No, absolutely not. But it's just like yeah, you're getting tossed into like a do- a pile of shit, and you're yeah. like, hey, yeah, fucking yeah. make this good. And you're like, I don't fucking know. I can't do that much. So hey, that's what I'm saying. If you're the fourth quarterback drafted. You're going to go to an organization that has some competence. Competence? They're incompetent. (laughs) I guess. I guess, yeah. So there's your uh, life lesson of the day. Don't ever strive too hard to be too good. (laughs) Don't be that good at football (laughs) if you're a quarterback. All right. Uh, Any other sports you want to talk about? Yeah, I actually got a lot of sports. Let's hear it. Um, Did you see Ball State's new partnership? No. Uh manscaped oh nice ball state (laughs) dude that's some marketing right there yep that's some fucking tip of the cap to to manscaped for being like what college should we sponsor and then the guy in the back's like fucking ball state ball state and they're like oh (laughs) yes that's a match made in heaven yeah that is i mean that's perfect so i just wanted to give them a shout out real quick um the White Sox manager, the 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 search is heating up. A lot of interviews. Um, two people that have interviewed. Actually, I don't know if one of them has. Uh, one of I know one has, and that person is Joe Madden. Uh, please, f- for the love of God, fuck no. That's the only guy that I'm like, no, no, like absolutely fucking not. That is replacing Tony Larusa with Tony Larusa. That would be the Don't, most White Sox hire of all time. Exactly, and that's the thing. That's what I'm the most nervous about because every fan, including myself, is like, "Please, for the love of God, don't pick him," which makes me think it's gonna be Joe Madden. Yep, and that scares the fuck out of me. Mm-hmm. How the White Sox should, how Rick Hahn basically should do. I know he doesn't have a big enough seat at the table to actually do this, but he his managerial sh- search should be like. Hey Jerry, do you like this guy? And then if Jerry Reinsdorf says yes, he's like, okay, not the guy. Yeah. And then if and then if he's like, no, I don't really like that guy, be like, we're hiring. He's you. moving on to the second round. Immediately hired. You're that. You're that guy. Yeah. So please, for the love of God, White Sox, don't. Who else? Who is number two? That's Ozzy uh, Guillen. Thoughts. Um. So my initial thought is that I like it because I like Ozzy, but I'm terrified that a poor second trip around with the Sox would tarnish his overall legacy. Oh, see, I'm not... Basically, same thing as Tony. Like, sure, Tony LaRusso was good, like, back in the day, but that was before I really cared about baseball, so, yeah. like... I don't associate all of the positive accolades like he's a Hall of Famer with him because mm-hmm. he just sucked. So like I was old enough to remember Ozzy managing like the 05 World Series and that was such happy times as mm-hmm. White Sox fans that I don't want him to come back. The team continues to suck and then we get we move from fire Tony Chance to fire Ozzy Chance cuz he doesn't deserve that. Yeah. I'm not even so much worried about that is I'm more worried about the fact that it's easy 
for Ozzie Gein to like be on Twitter and see the reaction of the people mm-hmm. and then go on the post game show and say things that pander towards that crowd of people and then everybody be like, see, fucking Ozzy gets it. Like, you know, like that's that's why he should be the manager. And it's like, dude, like there's no way that like we all agree with every single thing a manager does all season. And like basically for the most part, we agreed with everything that Ozzy said on the postgame show every time. Yeah. He's in the perfect position right now. Yes. That's why I don't want him to be a manager. Agreed. It's like it's like uh Scott Frost coming home to Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Like he was great at UCF and then they're like, dude, the prodigal son, like a Nebraska alum, we're gonna bring him home. Like and then he just got blazed torch tail out of town. It would be very funny though to see him as the manager because it would be like it'd be like fucking Luis or Yoan or Eloy or any of those guys strike out on a ball that's like so far outside the zone and they just come back to the dugout and instead of like going back to Tony Larissa who's half asleep in the corner, Ozzy's like, What the fuck was that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just like screaming at him like, Are you fucking kidding me? Like that would be very funny to see. I think what uh in an ideal scenario, the next manager should bring Ozzy Gian in like Marcus Freeman has brought in like Lou Holtz or Larry yes, Fitzgerald uh, or like something like that to give the team a talk on perspective, on hustle, on things that they need to do to improve and then just go back yeah, to being on TV. Exactly. 1,000%. I love Ozzy in the role he's at now. I love Ozzy in general. I do not want him to be the next manager of the White Sox. That's my, like, I saw both of those guys' names pop up, and I was like, please, fucking no. Is he still the betting favorite? I have no idea. I haven't looked in a while. But it's just one of those things that, like, it it, it was like a the the person took the joke too far. Everyone joking around being like, Ozzy should be the next guy. Ozzy should be the next guy. And then, it like, Jerry's like, hey, you see all these people? Ozzy's the next guy? It's yeah. like, no, no, no. We were, fucking, we were <laughs> fucking around. No, we were kidding. We were kidding. Like, don't make him the next guy. Right. Um. All right, last sports thing I have. I want to talk a little bit. I watched the Redeem Team documentary. Oh, yeah, I haven't seen this yet. Okay, can I give you just, like, it's not going to, like, ruin anything because it's, you know, it's a fucking documentary, so you can't really ruin it. Yeah. But, like, I want to give you a couple things that I uh, took away, my takeaways from it. Okay. That I just thought were funny. Um, So right at the beginning, uh, obviously this is called the Redeem Team as a kind of play off the Dream Team, um, which was the 1992 Dream Team. I didn't know, so I obviously I knew about the Dream Team, 1992, but I didn't know was that before that, only college kids were allowed to play on the U.S. Olympic team. Mm-hmm. And in 1988, they lose in the Olympics, and their overall Olympic record was 84-2, and two, including that loss. And they were so ashamed, they said, fuck it, we're bringing in the best team <laughs> anybody has ever seen, and we're going to shit down the entire world's throat. I was like... What a power move by USA basketball. 84 and 2. Dude, you are 84 and 2 and that second loss was so bad to you. You were like, <laughs> we're literally going to come and dominate all you fucks in 4 years so badly none of you guys are going to want to play basketball. Mm-hmm. And that's like the biggest power move maybe of all time. Like, oh yeah, congratulations on beating all these college kids who haven't even made it to the NBA. Let's see when you go up against some real fucking athletes yeah. and just dominated them. <laughs> I respect the hell out of it. Um I told you this the other day, and uh, this documentary made me like LeBron a little bit more. Yeah, I did hear that. However, 
a lot of the clips in which I like LeBron were filmed from like five years ago. But it did it did give him like a side of like humor that like I feel like he tries to portray now and it just comes off like forced. But like back when the clips were being showed, it was like, okay, like he's actually like cool. Like he's a like, you know, vocal leader. And this is what I've always said about him is he's a fantastic basketball player. Mm-hmm. I just think he's a douche off the court. And this is a lot more like, you know, in the midst of everything on the court. So like I thought it was very funny, very likable when he's on the court. So it hit my hat. I didn't think that was possible for me to like LeBron. But the shout out to the documentary guys. They made me kind of like LeBron. <laughs> Let's go. Um, there's a Carmelo story in there that is maybe the most Carmelo story of all time. Okay. So they're talking about how they were they they practice every summer between 2004, which was the, when they lost in the Olympics and kind of got clowned for it, and then 2008 was the was the redeem team, and so they practice every summer. In between then, they're still not really doing well, like up until 2007. So 2007, they bring Kobe on um, to like play on the team. And so they're in Vegas, and they stay at the hotel, and they practice at whatever hotel that they're at or blah, blah, blah. And they said like about a month in, they're all like, they all just stayed in the hotel basically. Like they didn't go anywhere. Yeah. And they're like about a month in, you know, Carmelo, D-Wade, LeBron, Boozer, Bosh, all these guys are like, we're going to go to the club tonight. Like, we're we're going to the club. So they say they go out to this club. They're having a good time. They're coming back to the hotel. They're like, it's like 4.30 in the morning. And they said they're walking, like, in the hotel and to the elevator, and down comes Kobe. And Kobe's in shorts, fucking cut off, like he's going, like, to work. And they're like, Kobe, like, where are you going? He's like, I'm going to, like, work out. They're like, well, dude, it's 4.30 in the morning. He's like, yeah, I know. Everyone's like, damn, like, Kobe's a fucking psychopath, bro. Yeah. And then they're talking about, they're like, yeah, like, next day it's like, you know, Kobe, LeBron, and D-Wade down there. Day after that at 4.30, it was like, it's fucking, you know, Boozer and Bosh are down there. Day after that, you know, the whole team's down there. And they just cut to mellow and, like, no bullshit. He's like... I ain't getting up at four thirty. <laughs> I was like, I was like, dude, that is the most Carmelo Anthony quote of all time. Like just being like, ah, fuck it, I'm not getting up at four thirty. Yep. Like that, I'm good, but I'm not. I won't be that good. Yeah. Like I'm never gonna be fucking up there. And I was just like, you know what, that's Carmelo, fitting. play into it, baby. That's like tip my cap to you. Like that's awesome. My claim to fame is that I gave one of my claims to fame. I gave Carmelo Anthony a high five. I gave but, Kobe uh, a high five. I think Carmelo's a bum. He he was very funny in this documentary too. No, I'm not saying that he's not funny. I'm just saying that he's like in that tier of like Chris Paul, where like he's good, but he's never he won't be. He's yeah. never great. Yeah, 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 I would agree with that. But he's like he's the bottom of elite players. Yeah, or the top of the good players. I I'd put him in the elite category. Like if your name's getting talked up like that, yeah, like you're an elite player. Dude, they cut to a they cut to a guy on the redeem team that I legitimately had never heard of. His name was Michael Red. I was like, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> like, R-E-D-D. like a yeah, like on the team, right? I was like, yeah. I was like, who the fuck is this? That wild. Uh, last thing about the redeem team, I want to bring back the Kobe cutoffs that he was wearing. 
so I feel like they're kind of coming back in like at least in gym culture where like it's not like a like a cutoff like tank top mm-hmm. it looks like you almost got shoulder pads like you're cutting oh. like a little bit of the sleeve yes and yes, that's I where you're exactly like, what you're talking dude, about dude i want to bring those back that, that was fucking swagged out when he was wearing those dude like you gotta have a certain like kind of demeanor to you but like those were i was watching i was like dude that's fucking sick <laughs> yeah. like normally you cut like up by like the almost like by the neckline almost mm-hmm. he, he's like no no no. i'm taking like a chunk out of the sleeve that's yeah. that's how far down i'm cutting I like, like that. that was sick yep Yep. And it was just like, it looked like he had like fucking wings out the side, dude. I was like, dude, I'm fucking elite right here. How about it? I know. And I was like, dude, bringing that one back. Also, it made me realize how fucking cool Kobe was. He's a psychopath, though. In a good way. Dude was a legend. Rest in R. peace, R. Kobe. Yeah. Rest in peace. All right. Uh, enough sports talk for the day. Moving on to random stories, dumb thoughts. I only have one. I got two, so if you want to go first. Okay. Um... I saw someone using a red box machine the other day. Oh, <laughs> nice little blast in the past. I uh, didn't know people still did that. I'm shocked there even is red box anymore. Me too. So my question to you is what percentage of the population do you think still uses red box? Because there's at least that guy. And that's it? That guy? I'm going to say like 8%. Oh, no. No shot. I'm going like like at max five. No, because there's a there's a bunch of guys like that guy that I saw. No, there's not. There's not. There's not a lot of guys like but that. But eight percent, like that means ninety two percent aren't using it. That's I a know. lot of people not. I'm using aware. It. I'm aware. That's why I'm giving them a nice solid eight. No, I'm giving them five at most. And that's pushing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I saw that the other day, and I was like, wow. Do you think like the guys that like red box are like all just like asleep in a room with a yeah. bunch of like dust like cobwebs and shit and like that guy bought a movie and there was like an alarm that went off and they're like holy shit it's happening yeah some yeah. dude's using a red box <laughs> and then they're like oh where is it from granger indiana that makes a lot of sense yeah i saw that and i thought that was pretty shout wild. out to that guy yes shout out to that guy all right uh one of my things so the past couple times I've been sick, I'm, cu- I'm coming off a cold. You can probably hear it a little stuffed up. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if this is a thing or not, so I'm kind of kind of want to get your opinion on this. Okay. When I get sick, no matter how long the cold lasts, I get like periodically better throughout the day, and then it just resets the next day. Like, when I wake up in the morning, yes. I feel like absolute dog shit. Yeah. And then, like, by the end of the day, I'm like, oh, I think I beat this cold. And then it's like, just fucking kidding, dude. Punch in the balls the next day, you're back to being sick as shit. I think that's normal, because that's what happens to me, too. I feel the most sick right in the morning, and then I'm pretty clear throughout the day, and then, like, it kind of starts creeping in right before I go to bed. Oh, no, no, see, I'm like, when like right as I'm about to go to bed, I'm like beat that cold beat that cold in like a day and then it's like wake up the next morning it's like ah just kidding it's worse than the day before it's like what the fuck man why am i like i feel like normal people just get like sick and they're sick for like two days and they're like all right that's it i'm done i'm sick for like fucking four or five but it just gets better during the day yeah goes in waves but it's not it's like it's like a roller coaster right (laughs) but it's like the, the opposite like i'm at the peak 
of uh like sickness right in the morning i'm at the top of the roller coaster and then i go off the cliff and the the little bottom is me like middle of the day to the night where i'm like i'm cruising that was a good drop off right there and then it's like oh just kidding we're going up another hill and that's me <laughs> sleeping and then i wake up at the top and i'm like how the fuck did i get here yeah that's tough it's not fun dude no i don't know it kind of is but it kind of isn't though because, like, there's part of me that would just want to, like, be like, all right, I'm going to, like, feel like shit for, like, two days straight, but and then, then I'm going to get gone. over it. But then it's also, like, I don't know, I feel shit for, like, an hour or two in the morning, and then, like, I'm fine the rest of the day. Yeah. So, like, it never really, like, hits me, hits me, but I'm like, all right, fuck. Like, here it comes again. The life of colds. Yeah. All right, so the other day, this is my other random one. The other day, I, uh... I had my phone, like, just in my hand, and you know how there's, like, the little search bar on mm-hmm. the iPhone? Yep. I guess, without me knowing, I typed K space is, and do you want me to read you the top? It comes up with, like, if you Googled it, like, yeah. what would it come up with? Yeah, like the Google search. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me read you what these were. K is for kangaroo. Fair. Nice. K is for potassium. Okay. You know, periodic, periodic table. table. Uh, last one here. K is for knife ball. What What's the fuck ball? is knife ball, dude? I have no clue. I didn't even look it up. I was like, what the fuck? I was like, do you know what? Have you ever even heard of knife ball? Well, the fact that it doesn't say a knife ball kind of makes me feel like it's a sport. If this is a sport, we're fucking... This is... But a, oh, a knife K ball. is for a knife ball, an alphabet of terrible advice. It's a book. Go. <laughs> and, dude, the cover of it, swear to God, is it's called K. And it's, it's a red ball that's smiling, and some dude taped a knife on it. No bullshit. So this is a kid's book? I guess. You want to look at the picture right here? K is for knife ball. Okay, well, that's not as terrifying as a cover as I thought. It's a kid's book. I just I would love. To I kind of want to read the rest of yeah, this book what's now. In the book. K, wait. J is for justice. Make sure things are fair. If somebody wrongs you, just cut off their hair. And it's scissors. Oh, we can go through a couple of them. F is for fire made with logs and a lighter. Throw daddy's wallet in it. It'll burn brighter. The <laughs> fuck is this book, dude? <laughs> What, what am I looking at? Who reads this to their kids? K is for or C is for cop with a big shiny gun. Sneak up and tickle him. That'll be fun, dude. Who the fuck wrote this? Who's the author? Give me the author on this bad boy. Wait, wait, wait. What the fuck is this? D is for drifter who's out on your lawn. Bring him inside when your parents are gone, bro. No. These people need to be thrown in jail. No. Whoever wrote this. Who's the author? Uh. Avery, uh, I can't read that. It's too small. Avery Monson and Jory John. With a name like Jory John, you're a fucking loser as it is. I really hope that they're on some sort of governmental watch. Yeah, this is fucked up, dude. The Drifter one is, that's, I mean, that's tough. There was, it was literally like a hobo outside like waving in your window. 
Also, who published this? Yeah. <laughs> the fuck, man? How? You should be on a you should be on a fucking watch list too. There's like aspiring authors out there that can't get publications from these companies, and then you got people like Avery and Jory publishing K is for knife ball. You tell me this is McGraw Hill. Dude, there's one that literally says H hide and seek. It's a great game to play. Quick, climb in here. They'll be searching all day, and it's a girl in the back of a trunk. That's kidnapping. That book makes me really uncomfortable. Wait, there's you, and there's an underpants one. Okay, this one's kind of funny. (laughs) (laughs) You is for undies. They cover your stuff. Wash them or don't. Mostly cleans clean enough. They're kind of funny. Okay, kind of funny with the underpants. You're bringing me back. Everything else? No. You guys should be put in like a fucking mental institute. That's that's bad. That's bad. Dude, they just keep fucking B is for blender. Throw your daddy's Rolex in there and set it to grind. Daddy won't mind. This is the other one. That was a, oh, that was a I was rhyme. I going to say, that one didn't rhyme. Why the fuck is it all just daddy stuff? His yeah. wallet and his Rolex, dude? I'm dropkicking my kid if they do that to me. <laughs> Straight up, fuck that kid. Oh, man. Okay, well. That was a wild turn. I didn't even look up Knife Ball before this. Jeez. I thought it was going to be like like a fucked up dodgeball movie. <laughs> I did too. Like a, it's good. It was like Jigsaw meets dodgeball. Yeah. And it was, they just played with knives. Nope. nope. Just a kid's book. I don't know what would have been worse. The kid's book for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's fucked, dude. Fuck both of those people. <laughs> All right. My well. kid ever comes home with that, I'm fucking, I'm burning <laughs> that. I'll throw that one in the fire. Okay. That is where we are going to wrap up. Shed some light episode 198. Thank you all for listening. We appreciate it. If you made it this far, take the time to give us a five-star rating and review on Apple podcast. Also tell a friend, a coworker, a family member, anyone that you come across this weekend to check out Shed Some Light. Follow us on social media because now Miller Light is, that's big time. Boom. And uh, we'll catch you all the next time that we record. Have a great weekend. And in the meantime, keep them cold. Keep them cold, everyone.